Welcome to the Post-Christian Podcast. My name is Eric Bryant. I'm one of the executive pastors at Gateway in Austin, Texas. My foundation exists to equip and empower church leaders in reaching new people and raising up leaders. I'm the author of Not Like Me and Fruitful, Becoming Who God Created You to Be. Join me on social media for Through the New Testament for Skeptics and Seekers. And be sure to sign up for my email newsletter where you can receive free resources at ericbryant.org. On today's episode, I'm excited to have with me again, Justin Brierly. How are you doing, Justin? I'm good, thanks, Eric. Nice to be with you again. You too. It's uh, it's amazing. Uh, I have found, even since we talked last, so many great resources that you've created. Of course, your website, justinbrierly.com, but you're also involved with the Unbelievable podcast, uh, or the for- you're the former host of Unbelievable, Ask N.T. Wright. But you also have a new project, uh, Surprising Rebirth of Belief in God, both a book and a podcast. That's fantastic. Tell me about it. Yeah. So, so the book released just this past September, um, and it's it's really a, the story of how new atheism grew old and the many interviews I've had with secular thinkers who are reconsidering christianity um so i've seen a real kind of change i think in the in the atmosphere around the god conversation so that's really what the book's all about and then and then yeah i've i've taken the 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 sort of the step of creating a new podcast documentary series based on the book it's also called the surprising rebirth of belief in god but this is a very deep dive um over about 28 episodes we're kind of going in depth into the issues that i uncover in the book telling the story again of the rise and fall of new atheism and these new conversations with interesting secular thinkers like Jordan Peterson, Douglas Murray, Tom Holland, Louise Perry, and various others. So it's had a very good reception both as a book and as a podcast. So I'm really pleased. Well, I'm really intrigued by this. I mean, you're you're always so good in your interviews of creating space for people who might disagree. As you dove into this, what are you discovering has been some of the turning points for new atheism to start kind of this slow decline? Mm. Well, I think there's been several key things in the new atheism that that led to it effectively starting to unravel and implode internally, really. Um, One of them was simply that I think the public kind of got somewhat tired of the slightly shrill and dogmatic nature of the new atheism um once it had sort of had what it said what it had to say i think people felt it became quite fundamentalist in its own way um because of the the nature of the way it, the way it conducted itself its criticisms of religion and so on it, it it effectively had a kind of quasi-religious aspect to it in the end you know it had its high priests um dawkins Harris, Hitchens, and then it, it had its sacred texts, these anti-God books they'd written. It had a sort of materialist orthodoxy, which if people didn't subscribe to, they'd be rounded upon. And so I think I think people got kind of got tired of the fact that they weren't really open to having discussions on the bigger issues in the end. Um, but then internally, the movement really did sort of end up splintering because once the chief architects of the movement had agreed that God didn't exist and religion was bad for you. They really didn't, they couldn't really agree on much else. And you quickly found that there were a lot of infighting happened within the group. Once they were trying to decide which direction to take the movement, there were those who wanted to take it in a very sort of social justice oriented 
direction um some of those were advocating for a sort of atheism plus which meant atheists plus a commitment to social justice feminism lgbt rights and so on um and others who thought that was a really bad idea and and you know stood very strongly against that and it led to the point where there were lots of controversies um you know things like richard dawkins himself getting stripped of his humanist of the year award by the american humanist association there were fallouts rifts um eventually you know it got to the point where atheist conferences were cancelled because the speakers refused to share a stage with each other so mm. it was interesting to sort of watch from the sidelines the way that the movement itself seemed to to collapse almost um fairly quick, swiftly actually in that way so today the new atheism is is a shadow of its former self and to be honest the new atheists themselves that the leaders of that movement are no longer really critiquing religion per se They're, they've kind of moved on to other things primarily the cultural wars and and so that's left us in an interesting position where in fact it's opened up a space for a new sort of set of voices and secular intellectuals to start taking the god question and christianity seriously again drawing often very big audiences and and so that's really what the rest of the book and the podcast aims to sort of uncover is is what's happened since the the demise if you like of new atheism well and who has surprised you in terms of advocating for considering God? Or what are some of the things in that space that church leaders might be good to know? Yeah. Well, one of the key people I I sort of profile in the book and have had the chance to speak to on one or two occasions is Jordan Peterson, who's a well-known Canadian psychologist, somewhat controversial figure in terms of his social and political kind of views online. But he has drawn a huge audience over the last several years. Um, he kind of came to prominence in 2018, really. And that was when I had him on my unbelievable show at the time to debate whether we can make sense of life without God. And if you were to simply listen to him when he speaks on stage, if you read his best-selling book, 12 Rules for Life, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to distinguish him from a Christian apologist. He very fervently argues for the foundational aspect of the Bible. It's a Western values and life. Uh, he talks frequently about how it's only with the idea that we're made in God's image that we can make sense of human dignity and purpose. Um, and, you know, he sounds just like a Christian apologist in so many ways. Um, and he's drawn this huge audience, uh, especially of young men who sort of hang on in his every word, see him as this sort of sage-like, you know, father figure, um, give, helping them to find direction and meaning and purpose in life. And so he's he's had this quite extraordinary effect, you know, and and you know he's the kind of person who is able to fill out entire auditoriums for three hour lectures on the Book of Genesis and that sort of thing, the kind of thing that your average church pastor wishes they could do, you know, on an average Sunday. But but it's so it's been interesting to see the way that someone like Peterson has has had this outsized impact um, with this audience that he's drawn and the, directing people back to the Bible and to the Christian faith. I mean, what's interesting in all of this is that Peterson himself is slightly hard to pin down exactly what he does believe about God, whether he sees all of this as just a sort of useful kind of psychological sort of stuff, you know, fiction effectively, or whether he, he thinks it's actually true. And to some extent, you know, that a lot of ink has been spilled by Christians trying to work out exactly where Peterson falls on this. But what I would say is he has definitely been a gateway for many people, many of his readers and listeners and viewers to to orthodox christianity and so i found that very interesting to to see the way in which he seems to be opening up 
Christianity at an intellectual level for people again, in a way that would have been quite unthinkable only 15 or 20 years ago when the new atheism, if you like, was was ruling the roost. Yeah. Well, and it's really interesting too, because I feel like there's a lot of folks who are maybe taking another look at Christianity, but maybe through a different lens, as I've shared with uh, others before. You know, I, I went through my own kind of deconstruction, reconstruction in the early 90s, mm. but it was not um, throwing the baby Jesus out with the bathwater, you know, like just what what about the story is true? What have I learned from the culture that's that's actually the issue? But what did, what did mm. Jesus really say? And what is the context of these letters? Like kind of going back to what it really says have you found that part of the conversation uh, intriguing? Like, is there a, a difference between kind of the worldwide Christianity that the new atheists reject and the scriptures and theism in general? Yeah, for sure. And and I think a lot of people have been on a similar journey to you in that sense, Eric, because, you know, I, I in the course of hosting The Unbelievable Show, had to sort of reconsider some of the, the things I just grown up with you know the assumptions you do grow up with often um in christianity um simplistic ideas of how the bible came to be or you know um various views on doctrinal issues that turn out to be more complicated so um so i'd say that that's that's you know something that, that a lot of people me included would share with you and i think what the new atheists often the the way they tried to kick the legs out from under Christianity was by sort of simply pointing out some of these issues that exist, obviously, um, to people. They they would say, well, how can you reconcile, you know, the first chapters of Genesis with modern science and that kind of thing? Um, and there were a, a number of people for whom I think that became an issue, you know, simply having that pointed out, you know, did sometimes create a crisis of faith because if they'd grown up in a church where that was very black and white and it was seen as sort of fundamental the, the particular way they read those early chapters of genesis then it may well have you know sparked uh, a, a crisis of faith i mean in many many cases in, including mine it, it it was simply if you like a thing that needed to be worked through and and a, a broader understanding if you like of of how the bible works and how we put those kinds of issues science and faith together with it needed to be so and and so in that sense i i never I, I never found the new atheists ever well rarely did they sort of really make any objections to christianity that were insuperable there there were there were certainly things that that you had to go and work out you know but i so so in that sense you know i i, I can say thank you in a sense to the new atheists i think some of the questions they forced christians to ask were good ones where we needed to if you like think about what we were doing mm -hmm. um having said that the I, th I think there was also a, a sort of philosophical naivety to the new atheism as well, which, because as well as critiquing Christianity, they sort of heralded atheism, rationalism, science as sort of somehow the savior of humanity as all you needed really to live a flourishing life. And and that was a huge overreach on their part, I think, because in the end, science is great for some things, but it, but it won't give you a meaningful life. It won't tell you how you ought to act. Uh, it's, uh, and and I think um, I think part of the reason why ultimately the new atheism has sort of collapsed is because people have realised science and reason alone won't buy me a meaningful existence, and that's why I think there is this move back towards 
people investigating Christianity, trying to get to grips with it. Um, I think, I think in a way, you know, I, I'm glad in a sense that the, the Jordan Petersons and so on, who are pointing people back to the scripture, to some extent, because they're doing it from outside the church, I think it it does help to some extent people who are speakers because they feel they don't feel like they're being sold a a bill of goods, a kind of a kind of package, if you like. Um, they they feel like these are genuine people asking serious questions about life and faith, and for, so for whatever reason, it, it's sometimes easier for them to take that on board than if it were perhaps someone inside the church, an evangelist, an apologist who was making the case. Uh, and so I find that intriguing that actually um, a lot of people who are going through that sort of meaning crisis and trying to work out what their life's about are are being reached by some of these secular intellectuals and and give, being given the opportunity to look into Christianity, perhaps something they you know, had discarded, perhaps they they had some kind of faith, but left it behind. Perhaps they never had faith and and it's being opened up to them for the first time. So so I find that fascinating that that there is this sort of re re-enchanting of of Christianity going on in that way. I do too. I think it's really a beautiful season. And and for those church leaders listening, again, I highly encourage you to get a copy. The surprising rebirth of belief in God will be giving away a few to those who get my newsletter at ericbryant.org. Justin, thank you for the resources you create. Thank you for the efforts you are making in your part of the world. It's really equipping us well. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for joining us on the Post-Christian Podcast. More resources available at ericbryant.org.